I'm Roger Baker, Executive Director of the Stratfor Center for Applied Geopolitics at RAIN, a global center of excellence for geopolitical intelligence and analysis. Learn how you can put geopolitics to work for your organization at rainnetwork.com. Welcome to RAIN's Essential Geopolitics podcast. I'm Emma Kami, and I'm here today with RAIN's Sub-Saharan Africa analyst, Clara Brackville, to discuss the recent coup in Gabon that occurred on August 30th, where a group of military officials calling themselves the Committee of Transition and Restoration of Institutions announced that they had seized power and deposed of President Ali Bongo, just hours after he was declared winner of Gabon's August 26th presidential election. Hi, Clara. It's great to have you on the podcast. Hi, Emma. Thanks for having me. So to kind of get us started, what do we know so far about the coup? So you summed it up nicely. Um, Basically, on August 30th, uh, a group of military officers who said that they represented all of the country's security and defense forces um, and were acting in response to decades of institutional, political, economic, and social crises, uh, seized power from the president and deposed him. Um, And as you mentioned, this is just hours after President Bongo was declared winner of the August 26th election, um, which was largely criticized as being fraudulent. Uh, by external election observers. So in addition to deposing the president, the coup leaders also announced the dissolution of the government, the Senate, the National Assembly, the Constitutional Court, um, and also closed the country's borders until further notice. And all of this is pretty standard um, coup practice. Um, And Bongo, uh, since the coup, is reportedly being kept under house arrest with his family, um, with several reports of arrests um, of both uh, Bongo loyalists and um, also family members. Um, Also important to know, um, the coup coup has been largely bloodless. Uh, Gunfire erupted briefly um, in the capital uh, just during the coup um, after, and I should say after officers announced the coup. Um, But since then, no major security incidents um, have come to light. Uh, In fact, uh, several hundred people have come out into the streets in support of the military and in support of the coup leaders. Um, And later in the day, on August 30th, uh, a group of soldiers on national television named um, General Ninguema as the transition's leader. So we do have a face now uh, to the coup. That makes, I guess, a lot of sense. Um, Can you explain a little bit more about, I guess, why the... um, citizens of Gabon would be in support of the coup? Certainly, yes. So Bongo um, has been in power for uh, two presidential terms now, but his father ruled the country um, before that. So the two of them have been in power. The Bongo family, rather, has been in power for about 56 years, um, almost exclusively since independence in 1960. So widespread discontent with Bongo's rule and authoritarianism um, suggests that the military has the support of much of the country, um, which is uh, likely what's disrupted, what's limited the disruptiveness of of this political change. Um, Both Bongo presidents engaged in repeated fraud, violence, cronyism, corruption, um, and state capture to not only achieve successive electoral victories, but also um, uh, for self-enrichment purposes. Wow. So 
do you, in your opinion, do you think um, that this, this military coup will be kind of um, a switch back to what people are in support of? Or is it just kind of another, okay, we're done with that um, kind of uh, presidency that we don't want? Um, and we were hoping to have something different or do people, are people actually in support of the, the, the military? People are certainly in support of the military, but I think that that is different than, um, than, uh, than assurances that, that this time around will be different. Um, we can look to several other African examples of uh, non-democratic transfers of power, wherein uh, coup leaders promised that institutions would be would be rebuilt, that there would be constitutional referendums, that um, there would be greater voter enfranchisement, greater economic opportunities, employment opportunities for their populace. Um, but many times those, those things have failed to manifest. So in Gabon, uh, while the military is promising um, all of these very wide sweeping changes, um, it remains to be seen. There are, uh, you know, of course, many challenges associated with um, transitional governance periods, um, namely purging the government of Bongo loyalists. That's going to be one challenge. Bongo's influence is uh, wide and deep, considering that the family was in power for 56 years. Um, and rebuilding those institutions, as I mentioned, um, is is no is no easy feat. So um, while the pu the public is yes in support of the military, that's it's not a guarantee that that their demands will be met or that this time around, like you said, will actually be different. As you were mentioning, and as we've been covering at Rain, Africa has experienced several coups in recent years uh, with military overthrows in Mali, Burkina Faso, Guinea, Niger, and Sudan. Uh, is the coup in Gabon more of the same or are there different dynamics at play? Yes. So Dynamics in Gabon are um, definitively different than those that are that are ongoing in the Sahel. Um, so, you know, the, the coup in Niger has been occupying uh, much of the uh, sort of media limelight um, and for good reason. Uh, there, there are, um, you know, far reaching and, and long term implications that will likely stem from that coup. However, um, the dynamics in Gabon are, are most are, are separate. Um, so, first of all, uh, as we've just discussed, the, the authoritarian legacy of the Bongo family um, appears to have motivated opportunistic military leaders to carry out the coup. Um, whereas in the recent coups in Niger, um, the, the second coup that we've had in two years in Mali, the recent coup in Burkina Faso, also the second in a couple years, um, those, the, the junta leaders there, uh, called on or, or sort of um, were drumming up anti-French and anti-Western sentiment um, as the motivation uh, for, for the coup. So that is one force that is decidedly different. Additionally, um, the, the countries in the Sahel that we're talking about here with, with the, the several coups um, in the last three years, um, are all facing expanding jihadist insurgencies. And we don't have that dynamic in Gabon. Um, so the, the terrorist and insecurity threats um, in Gabon are noticeably different, which means that the fallout from the coup um, will also be different and likely more limited than, than that in Niger. Um, so yeah, I say all of that to, to point out that while, um, you know, 
we're getting a lot of media coverage about Africa's coup contagion and um, the the spread of coups from West Africa down through Central Africa. Um, we need to be uh, cautious about about that uh, sort of overarching label because the the local dynamics matter um, and largely inform uh, the outlook in each of these cases. Yeah, definitely an important distinction to make sure um, that we're aware of as we talk about this. Um, and what about the international response to this? And where does Gabon go from here and in later years to come? So because the, the dynamics in Gabon are so different than those in the Sahel, um, for, for myriad reasons, some of which I just mentioned, um, the, the international response to the coup in Gabon will be very different from that to the coup in Niger. Um, so first, Gabon does not belong to the Economic Community of West African States, or ECOWAS, which is the regional bloc that is still considering intervening militarily in Niger. Um, second, uh, as I said, Gabon does not suffer from the same level of jihadism and, and widespread insecurity um, like those Sahelian states. So that means that the security risks that are associated with um, Gabon's political instability are more muted, which makes the, the coup less costly for, for the region um, and for uh, you know, external parties that are concerned about regional security. Um, so you know, we've already had uh, a pretty strong condemnation of the coup in Gabon from the EU, the African Union, um, I believe ECOWAS has also condemned it, so has the US, um, which is all par for the course, that's pretty standard, but that may be where the condemnation stop um, in that in that the, the condemnations are not followed up with concrete action, um, as is still a possibility in Niger. So that's that's one difference. Um, additionally, the the military in Gabon is incentivized to pursue as smooth of a political transition as possible. Um, Gabon's dependence on oil revenue um, will very likely restrain any of the more extreme aspirations of coup leaders, um, as the country's oil and gas industry accounts for uh, more than a third of the government's revenue and about two thirds of its exports. So this means that the new junta, um, if it wants to stay in power um, is is incentivized to uh, to provide the least disruptions possible to its relationships with international oil companies um, that are coming from China, um, Europe, um, all over the world. Um, it also means that the junta may be more likely to seek a political arrangement that is uh, more palatable um, to its external partners. Um, than the junta in Niger, um, also limiting the, the severity of the international response. So the international community will still condemn the coup, um, but that might be where the fallout stops. Um, and then where does Gabon go from here? Um, going forward, uh, the new leadership in, in the coming weeks and, and months, um, barring a, a sort of unexpected um, counter coup or, or any unexpected instability there, um, the new leadership would likely propose a transitional timeline. Uh, this could be, uh, you know, one to three years, uh, probably on the longer side of that, during which um, it will propose a plan to, to build new government institutions, um, purge the government of Bongo loyalists, and also hold elections, um, potentially with some military interference in those elections. 
Um, and then here, I, I mean, I don't want to bog us down in, in other details, and there are certainly many, many differences between Gabon and Sudan, but the process, the political transition process in Sudan that ended up erupting into civil war um, might be one sort of uh, external case study that we could look to um, just for evidence of how that timeline might go. Um, not saying that Gabon will will erupt in a civil war, but but just insofar as how um, sort of fraught the the transitional period was, um, and then I should say as well, you know, as we mentioned at the top, the the transitional period, despite the military's remarks, despite the aspirations of the Gabonese people, the transition period is far from guaranteed to produce stable institutions or democratic governance. Um, and then the last thing I'll say is that. Uh, you know, although although I'm saying the fallout is um, is likely going to be more limited than than previous coups we've seen in recent months, um, that's not to say that that Gabon's coup um, won't have regional reverberations. So, in other central Central African countries with dynastic authoritarian leaders, um, some of which. Uh, lack clear successors, which adds political uncertainty into the equation, um, like those in Cameroon, uh, Republic of Congo, um, Equatorial Guinea. Um, that the the prevalence of of coups in the in the uh, region um, could spur more. So um, this colloquially is called coup contagion, or can be called coup contagion. Um, but you know. Precise triggers for future coups would vary country by country, but in general, coup plotters' perceptions that they can successfully overthrow a government without major domestic or foreign pushback, um, whether or not that's true, um, could lead opportunistic military leaders in these other countries to attempt their own coups in their respective countries in Central Africa. Well, thank you so much, Clara, for all of your insights. Um, and I'm sure we'll be hearing more from you on this or if there is any um, significant fallout in other Central African countries. Thanks, Emma. For more geopolitical and economic analyses like this, subscribe to our geopolitical intelligence product, Rain Worldview. Our flagship risk intelligence products provide clients with the access to the insights and analyses they need to make more informed decisions and drive better risk management outcomes. Sign up at rainnetwork.com. That's R-A-N-E network.com. I'm Emma Kami. Thanks for listening.